This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tank Girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Mint Mobile. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is Thursday, May 4th, 2023. And my guest is Hasib Awan of Ifani. Hi, Hasib. How are you? Hey, hi, Mariam. How are you? Great. So your company, Ifani, specializes in SIM swapping protection. And so I thought, hey, a lot of people are running into problems these days with identity theft and security related to how easy it is for SIM swapping scams to happen. So I was you know, wondering, let's talk about that. What can you tell us about SIM swapping? Educate us about that, the problem. I mean, I think my audience is pretty tech savvy. They probably know a little bit about it. But tell us about it and tell us about, you know, what people could do to prevent it, even without changing carriers. And then what you bring to the table with Ifani as well. Uh, Sure, happy to. So SIM swap is you talked about identity. The biggest part of your identity nowadays is telephone number. We are all aware that how social security number can destroy your life if someone hacker gets hacked of it. They can create an account. But we never think about our telephone number as our entity. If you give me a telephone number, your telephone number, I can get more information about you than your social security number. So it's like kind of an identifier for, for everyone. What hackers are doing is they're exploiting this hole to get into people's accounts. Now, because the carriers are always advertising, we will give you cheaper lines, we'll give you free months, they are just looking for more customers. And that's perfectly right. The only challenge is they compromise on cell phone security and like, you know, other things that need to be done because they're always about efficiency and faster. We are a cybersecurity company, which was formed to protect people who are more vulnerable, a protection that ordinary carrier doesn't happen. So what is a SimSwap? Pretty simple. People get into cell phone, uh, into your carrier account, transfer the number to them, and then use it to get into other people's accounts. Right. And so there's a few things here I, I want to add, right? Like the first thing is they use social engineering for that. They call your carrier. They come and make up some kind of, you know, sad story to get access to your account, you know, because this, you know, this, this is a classic thing. The carriers don't really have processes in place or they're starting to, but it's not really very solid. So that's one way they get your, you know, your phone number, get into your account through a rep and get the SIM swapped. And then once the SIM is swapped, I think the thing you're kind of not telling here is most people, the big majority of people use two-factor authentication with an SMS, right? So once the hacker has your phone number and on a different SIM, like your phone has a SIM in it that no longer has service because they took over your SIM card on another phone, they now get your text messages. So if they now have a database of logins, of passwords, they can go through that database and try to brute force into your bank account or whatever. And then they get a text, right? To confirm that's it, who it is. And so that text has that code. And then they can get into your bank account and they can do this for almost everything because a lot of people just use text messaging for 2FA. Now, obviously, the first thing you want to do is probably use an authentication app or an authentication key, right? Like a hardware key to prevent this in the first place. But there's still always a way, you know, as a backup to get in through text-based 2FA. And so, you know, basically, if you lose your phone number, if you lose your SIM, if you lose access, to your text messages, as you said, it's almost worse than social security number, right? You have so much more access. Is that basically what you're saying? Absolutely, because it has gone beyond. Like I had, I had heard stories recently where people actually went to everyone's mailboxes, stole their credit card, and then sim swapped their numbers and gone into their bank account and stole every, everything. Because now they have their physical card and now they have telephone number. Through that, they got into email account and boom, they have everything. Right. Joanna Stern actually wrote about that recently on the Wall Street Journal. You know, I think that this is a big risk for a lot of people. Obviously, you can take some steps to prevent that. Like one of the uh, ways to do that is not use your main phone number as your 2FA number, right? So you can have two separate accounts, two separate SIMs. And that way it's a little harder because all the stuff on record is your phone number for your, you know, your bank to call you or whatever is not the same as the number you use for 2FA. Also using authenticator apps, right? 
what other steps can they take the audience short of, of course, you know, doing what you specialize in, which is going to a secure carrier like Afani? Yes, obviously, first of all, we can't serve everyone. We cater to a very small group of people. So absolutely 99.9999% people are vulnerable. So what do they do? You mentioned uh, using a two-factor authentication app like Authy, Microsoft Authenticator, Google Authenticator. There are a lot of apps that you can download for free and do it for free. That's number one. You have to do it. Uh, number two thing is you again mentioned to have a secondary number if they want to just for 2FA. And, but the challenge with the having a telephone number is because people are generally forget what they like. You know, if you ask them to do too many things, they get confused. But that's the second best to not right. having it. Having a second number, like a VoIP number, but a lot of companies do not accept a VoIP number. So just having a second SIM card that no yeah, one knows. Yeah, you can't do VoIP for a lot of 2FA. That's so. correct. That's what I'm saying. It's a limitation. So just correct. have a number that no one have access to and don't have a family account. I know it looks pretty stupid, but family accounts are the most vulnerable accounts. So yeah, I think that you know one solution here, obviously, is our sponsor today, <laughs> Mint Mobile. Right? If you want to get a SIM from a prepaid carrier that's very affordable, you can get an account for as little as $15 a month. So there you go. That's the solution. You get security by obfuscation, security by the fact that you have a second SIM. But you're also offering a solution that I think is really interesting. Basically, you're a virtual network operator, right, Afani, and you're offering the same kind of perks you see from the big three, like 5G, you know, international roaming, unlimited data, hotspot, all the features you'd expect today from a modern postpaid line. And you're offering that with a very, very strong, you know, SIM swapping protection security stack. You know, not, not only a hardware and, and software security stack, but also you vet the people who work for your company and you're doing things like, you know, guarantees, like right? you basically have like a insurance on the account, et cetera. So that's, that's, that's one way. That's kind of like the, the hardcore way to go, right? Uh, absolutely. Again, uh, we, are, we serve a very small market. It's like a very niche market that we serve only who are super at risk or they want to beef up. But for the majority of the pay carriers, people, they don't have an option. They just want to go with the cheapest service that they can get. So use the service that you want uh, and have a second number, as you mentioned. So this is perfectly. And also having a password manager also helps. And one thing we people should do is they should go into an account and delete their telephone number from account if it allows them to. And for bank accounts, they also have right. something called putting a limit where you can say that no one can withdraw more than $100,000 or $10,000, depending on personal bank accounts, that you never allow a transfer over $1,000. And that is a very good way to save right. against your money too. Or put a limit on credit cards and having multiple credit cards, like something like that. Or having a notification on, your, on email that if someone spent a dollar or any amount on your credit card, you get a notification. So you can catch it much faster. Right. So yeah, there's a number of things you can do, folks, with the existing technology that you use every day. So as as Hasib just mentioned, you can, uh, you know, the, the bank, your bank has some options to secure your account. My bank lets me do 2FA without text messaging. So it lets me do use an authenticator app. Also lets me validate my logins on a computer with my app on the phone. And remember, that is not text message based, that is data based. So as long as I have Wi-Fi connectivity, I can still log into my bank account if I still have my physical phone in person with the app installed and logged in. Not logged in because I use, obviously, most of the banking app lets you do uh, biometric, right? So these are some of the things you can do. The other thing you can do, as I mentioned, is have a separate SIM card for all your 2FA stuff. And our, you know, our sponsor can help you with that. And then, of course, you can also use a two-factor app and password manager. Now, the password manager is a you know, very good idea. But as you saw, this is not bulletproof, right? Recently, one of the password manager, was it LastPass, I think? Got, yeah, LastPass, yeah. Got hacked, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so that is obviously a challenge. But look, the reality is it's still better than you having a list of passwords somewhere or using the same passwords everywhere, et cetera. So what else do you think, you know, other than kind of like using the existing tools they have? Like, so what else do you think people should be uh, doing? Should they go as far as subscribing to some sort of identity protection? Do you think that helps? Or do you think that's really just a, a band-aid over the problem? 
Uh, it frankly, I'll depend on personal uh, security and everything. Like, I'll give you an example of it. If Ani, our plan is $100, right? So $100 per month, if some people who are paying $2,500, it's not affordable for them. They can't do it. So similar for identity test protection, again, depends on someone because they, yeah. they start from like $5, go to $25 per month. Uh, so it ultimately depends on how much you want to spend on your security. Uh, the challenge is that a lot of people are just looking for the cheapest service. And, and it's like a, like a car insurance. In California, a lot of people don't even have car insurance. People don't buy house insurance. In the end, some people get lucky, but some people's lives get destroyed. My personal mantra, my personal thing is that I yeah. mitigate my downside. Anything I do in my life, I see what's the downside and try to proceed. Uh, like with insurance, I'll, I'll get the most insurance policy. So people who should give a shot at, call their current carrier. It will not work, but still you have done some work and tell them that do not port option or something. Again, it's very easy to bypass, but that's one protection. Uh, remove your telephone number from as many places as possible. Yeah, there are some options available from carriers today. Uh, yeah, it's very simple to bypass. Yeah, no, it's not perfect. But if you don't already have that turned on, go into your account right now and at least turn on these features. They exist and they are giving you a very small layer of protection, right? Yeah, 100%. Something's better than nothing, you know? So if you say, hey, I cannot right. afford it and I have to be stuck tipped, so that's the easiest way for you to do it. Uh, and get a family plan. Get a cell phone plan that's only for you and just dedicated to you for your security and everything. Because losing everything in your right. bank account is Absolutely. not fun at all. And then password managers and uh, app <laughs> and authenticators for sure. And use a hardware key. Hardware key is like 35 yeah, bucks. And you know, when you get the opportunity to change any kind of login to 2FA, two-factor authentication that doesn't use SMS, do that. Like it doesn't matter what it uses, but don't use SMS. Like you're better off, you know, using an app or through the bank's own app or through another means, sometimes even email. You can have, you can set up a custom email account. That's just that you never store the password anywhere, that you memorize that password that, you know, is super secure, uses a 2FA app to get in. And that's maybe where some of your 2FA stuff comes in. And nobody has to know about that email address. I mean, this is not, again, not perfect, but you have a whole bunch of options. So Hasib, any other things that the audience should know um, about SIM swapping and generally security related to their SIM card, their phone number, their carrier? Uh, yeah, I think my name is the challenge with the cybersecurity in general is that people don't realize it's an actual threat. And even before I, got, I became a victim, I thought it will never be me, it will be someone else, right? It's like, unfortunately, some accident happened and say, oh, it can never happen to me. Cybersecurity is, is real. Uh, it's happening in multiple shapes and forms. And we use our cell phone like most of the time in our life. Like, you know, I'm on for maybe like five or six to hours, seven, eight hours per, per, per day. And if I can secure one thing, that's my cell phone. So do pretty much, you can search for like how to secure my iPhone, how to secure my Android and do everything. Literally will take like five, 10, 20 minutes, but will save you a fortune. And please do that. It will not even cost you extra money. Yeah. And then, you know, the other option, if you want, in my opinion, get a second SIM with a prepaid carrier, something really cheap, you know, that's basic. So you can get your 2FA if you absolutely must get 2FA on text messages. And then, you know, if you want to escalate to the luxury solution, talk to Asib at uh, Ifani and get yourself, uh, you know, a solid virtual network data plan that is secure. Well, folks, you know, we're going to continue now with the rest of the show. I see. Thank you so much for uh, chiming in, letting us know, educating us and my audience about some of these security challenges with your SIM, with your phone number, with your eSIM, with your phone. I think it was very helpful. I appreciate your help. Thank you, Maria. And now that we know everything about SIM swapping, folks, I'm here with Dean Daly of Mobile Syrup. Hi, Dean. How are you? Hi, Miriam. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. This is exciting. Absolutely. I'm super happy that we connected a little more in uh, Chicago for Moto last week. And in fact, this is basically what the week has been all about is Moto. Surprisingly, there hasn't been that much more news. There's lots of rumors and leaks, and we're going to totally. touch on some of that. But what's your take? You were in Chicago with me. Does it feel like Moto's got its mojo back? Because it certainly does to me. Yeah, I was actually surprised and excited to see their new products and to get a, actually touch them and get a hold of them. It's 
they're they're looking really good right now, especially for us Canadians and I guess even the North North American market where there's not a lot of different variant phones anymore. And Moto is a good option now. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I I split my time between Canada and the U.S. And so obviously I pay attention to what's happening for the Canadian market, even though I'm a U.S.-based journalist. And I'm glad to see that most of the phones are also going to make it to Canada, right? So um, they launched three phones this week, the Moto Edge Plus. 2023, which I think we're going to spend a lot of time on because I'm super excited about that one. I'm sure you too. And then yes. we have the Moto G 5G and the Moto Stylus, which we're not getting in Canada, but no, we're not. it's coming to the US. Look, I'm not going to spend any time on those two. I'll put links in the show notes about, you know, information onto, you know, people have gathered all the specs and the pricing and stuff. I've never been a huge fan of the Moto Gs, not because they're bad phones, but for me, like lack of NFC, which is ongoing, it's just a real crazy, I, absolutely I crazy. Yeah, I don't know how they can justify, honestly. And then the other thing is, you know, like they look, they're priced competitively for the US, I guess, or for Canada, maybe, and they're you know available through carriers. Those are bonuses, I suppose. But when you see what you can get from the Chinese market, if you go on Amazon, at least Amazon US, and you look at what you can order from Poco or Realme or Redmi. It's just no point. Like, I'd rather buy a phone like that, not really get too many software updates, get NFC and use it for two years for the same price, get much better, like better bang for my buck. I, that's just me. And I think my audience is pretty tech savvy. They'd feel the same, you know? And you wouldn't even need, like, you wouldn't need to go to the Chinese market either. I mean, Samsung has so many budget oh, yeah, to mid-range phones yeah. as well, the A series as well. So there's like... There are a lot of options in that category that I I wouldn't really concern myself with the Moto G. But I did a hands-on of the Edge Plus. I I just I all I did was state there is also a Moto G 5G. Um, because there's no point. I don't I don't really think people are. Uh, I think there are some people who buy them, but I don't think that's where the, like people are not excited about that. People are not looking forward to that. I agree with you. And, you know, I will link to your uh, hands-on. Um, also, if you go to Hot Hardware, folks, you know, I do a lot of their reviews. I actually provided the pictures for the article that Ryan wrote there. I just didn't have time to write it up. So I delegated. <laughs> yeah, I saw your I saw your pictures. And I'm like, man, we were in the same studio, like the same spot, like the same area to do these photos. And your photos turned out really good. I wish that mine did as well. But uh, yeah, yours were great. Well, thanks so much. You know, I I'm pride myself in being a relatively decent product photographer. Um, I did take that picture of you, though, right? Is that the one you put <laughs> on your story? Yes, I did. I And I wanted to, like... I'm going to do an actual like post of like, this is specifically the Moto Edge and talk about it. I'm going to make sure I camera credit you as well. Because that oh, was a you great don't shot. To, <laughs> you don't have to put my name down. I just I just thought it was fun that you used my photo that I took of you. Um, but uh, look, the reality is um, that Edge has gotten me excited because, you know, here's the thing. For years, we've seen the rest of the world, Europe in particular and Asia, get all these really nice high-end Moto phones that make no compromises. Now, of course, you know, it's hard for us to gauge because pricing varies from country to country, from region to region. But the reality is we've been getting your short end of the stick in North America, right? Like we've been getting these like watered down edge phones that are called edge. Some of them didn't even have an edge, curved edge screen. Not that I like the curved edge screens myself, but in general, I prefer flat screens. But if you're going to call a phone edge, you know. It has to have a screen. It has to have that curved screen for sure. Or it has to be bleeding edge, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So what's your take on this phone? Like, I mean, I'm, I think it's nailing it. So I 100% think it's nailing it as well. It's In Canada, it's $12.99 outright, Oof. which is kind of expensive. But if you compare it to like a flagship Samsung phone, which you're almost reaching $1,500 for their Ultra, it's fine. Um, and it's a, it seemed like a great phone. Of course, I haven't gotten the chance to review it yet. But right. like that edge screen looked so nice. I I'm someone who is a fan of the edge screen. I think that it helps like the viewing experience uh, when you're watching stuff. Like I I like the idea of like I don't know. I think it just makes it look nicer when you're watching like YouTube and stuff on your phones. I personally love it for the industrial design side. Like it makes a phone look so much slicker. Like I 100% agree with that. But I find in usability like. 
I still would rather have a flat screen, but it's like, I'm, it's not going to be a deal breaker for me. Like I will totally. still buy a phone if it has, like I have a Pixel 7 Pro, come on. Like that's the phone yeah. that I drive every day <laughs> and it has a curved screen and I'm totally okay with it. I love how it felt in my hand though. If the oh my God. Is, it just felt like, it be- I didn't want to take it out. It felt like it belonged there. Uh, I, I've reviewed the S23 Ultra that kind of feels a little too big and the Pixel 7 Pro, which feels it's good, so don't get me wrong, big. but... <laughs> The Edge Plus, it felt so perfect in my hand. I loved it. You know, I can only agree with you because that's the first thing, like that's probably the biggest takeaway for me was that, you know, forget the specs, the pricing for a second. The in-hand feel of that phone has got to be one of the best in-hand feels of any flagship in the last eh, maybe nine months. Like... I was blown away with that. I was like, holy crap. I mean, the frosted glass, you know, the build quality, the fit and finish, the metal construction. Yeah. They didn't skimp around, you no. know? And that that back is never going to get a fingerprints or smudges or anything like that because that back, it's just like that. I don't, they had like a special wording for what they called it, but it it's like mattish, right? It's, I don't know what the word is for that. Yeah, I, I call it frosted, but it's more like, frosted, you know, yeah. One, OnePlus did it, right? Like OnePlus has done it on a few phones over the in years the past, now. Yep. And we kind of love that finish. So I'm super happy with the the way it feels. The specs, I think, are on point. I think it competes more with the S23 Plus. How much does that cost in Canada now? I think it's around the same price or it's a... I, I can't think of it. I don't know the exact cost, but I think it's around the same price. It's like around 1300 I'm pretty sure. I can look it up. Because you see here in the US, I think the S23 Plus is like $999 or something like that. Mm. And this thing is $799. Okay, so the $799. Oh, that's a great steal there. Yeah, so the $799 is only like 256 gigs of storage. You can get a 512 version. But the reality is, uh, and you do lose millimeter wave, which only really matters if you're in Verizon on a, in a stadium or something and it's really busy. Like the bottom line is, I think, I honestly think, Knowing how much better I prefer Moto's software experience versus One UI, and this is my personal preference, I think I'd go for the Moto, honestly, at totally. that price I, difference. And, like, and the 165 hertz screen and a bigger battery. And, with, and like, I know this is Faster a little charging. small. But there's, yeah, there's what? a charger in a box, which doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> People take that for granted. But... It, I, I love that they, they, the charger is still in the box. It's And it's fast charging. It's great. Um, I know. I just looked it up that in Canada, the S23 is $13.99, uh, 256 storage, and 8 gigabytes of RAM. So, I mean, it's the same thing for an extra $100, and you're get, not getting as good specs. So Yeah. Wow. And yeah. for us, it's $200 US dollar difference for the S23+. Plus. So, Which is like crazy. The, I know. And so the reality, 68 watt charging, which is faster than 45 for the Samsung, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting um, a charger in the box, as you mentioned, et cetera. There's so many things here that are, you know, I'm hoping you get the charger in the box because I think some of the Edge phones last year did not have a charger in the box, but I think they were the Verizon models. So this is also really interesting that this phone is only coming to some kind of second tier mobile virtual operators, not coming to the big three, at least in the US. And oh, that it's, it's going to be so- no, it's going to be sold unlocked oh, by Moto and Best Buy, but it's only coming to like, I don't I want to say US cellular, like some, some, you know. Uh, virtual operators, some secondary players. Um, so I think what's going to happen, this is my theory as somebody who covers the US market, is Verizon's going to make not a version of this phone, but just rewinding a little bit, this phone we got, the Edge Plus 2023, is essentially mm-hmm. the Moto Edge 40 Pro and the rest of the world. We get a bigger battery, we get slightly slower charging, they get 120 watt and a smaller battery. And I think that's about the only major difference between them. So there's also an Edge 40 out there, right? And that yeah. Edge 40 is kind of a lesser version in the same way as we used to get an Edge Plus and an Edge. Yeah, exactly. I think the Moto Edge 2023 is still coming and it's going to be okay. a Verizon exclusive in the US. And that's going to be the phone that Verizon totally messes up for us. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what they do to it, honestly, at this yeah, point. Totally. Because I would never buy that. I would go for the unlocked Edge Plus 
every day, all the time. Yeah, and seven ninety nine is a great price. I mean, in I the US, can't like, believe that's, it. That's so good. That's really I surprising know. to hear. It's a, that's a huge price difference for us in Canada. <laughs> so I don't know if you know this, Dean, but those of us here in the U.S. media, we've been talking to Moto for years now, both on and off the record about their strategy on the way they're selling their phones in the U.S. and the way we're getting the short end of the stick. Because when you see what they were coming out with, all the Edge 30, Edge 20 before that in Europe, right? Mm. The, the Pros and the Ultras and the Fusions and all the other models that were metal and glass had super high in specs that we never got because Moro just like went into bed with Verizon and just kind of gave in on giving us the good <laughs> stuff. We called them on that so hard so many times that it seems like they finally listened, which is amazing to me. And not just listen, making a better phone, bringing the global model to the US, but they listen on the pricing, which I really didn't think they would. Because the G series, in my opinion, is overpriced for what you get, even though it's a perfectly fine phone and it was well supported and supports all the bands and, you know, but this phone for $7.99 is just like a winner all around. Like I cannot it believe it. I'm steal. still stunned by last week. <laughs> it is a steal. And the cameras, I mean, I didn't get to really play with the cameras, but two fifty megapixel ones are just great. And you were talking about you were talking very like happy about the 12 telephoto with the two times zoom. The well, portrait so photography. I, ideally, I want I would want a, a proper telephoto with OIS, okay. like what the S23 has. Let's not go ultra because the ultra is a whole different ballgame, right? Totally. But that being said, if you're going to give me a 2X telephoto, and you then call, call it a portrait lens. And if you look yeah. at the specs on it, it doesn't have OIS, which is a bit of a bummer, but it does have a pretty decent sensor overall. And I think a very good F-stop. And so to me, that screams portrait lens. And that's okay. Yeah. Like, I'll argue myself against myself that 2x zoom on a 50 megapixel sensor is probably going to be just fine, right? Like absolutely is going to make gorgeous photos. It's 12, the, uh, the, tel the telephoto. I know, but I'm talking, about, I'm talking about, I'm talking about, if you were see, to use, yeah. if you didn't have this and you were to use a 2x zoom on yes, the okay. main sensor at 50 megapixel, you would probably still get a better picture technically. But the mm -hmm. big difference here is the optics. This is optimized for portrait. So you're going to get that natural kind of portrait angle. Less ultra-wide face, you know, like the face yeah. is going to look more pleasant because that's the problem. Like a lot of people are going to say, well, the depth of field is really shallow on the 50 megapixel. So you're going to get that nice background blur if you take a portrait at 2x. First of all, on this phone, you can't, if you set it to 2X, it's going to switch to that portrait lens, so you can't test that yeah, theory. Yeah, for sure. But in addition, based on all the other phones that don't have a dedicated 2X portrait lens, it's, you, you, you know, because they're, they're wide-angle camera, not ultra-wide, but they're wide-angle, those main mm -hmm. sensors, you're getting a bit of a distorted face when you get close up. So yeah, you're punching in. Yeah, you're getting less pixels. Yeah, you're still getting a nice depth of field, but you're still getting that distorted lens. So to me, that's why I'm calling this a portrait, because if you look at the specs on the lens, this is pretty much a portrait lens, which is okay. Yeah. You seemed excited about that last week. I, well, I, I like brought taking up, portraits, you know? Yeah, no, the portraits are great. So, I mean, I, I'm excited to try it out. I'm so used to, like, using, like, the 5X on this. Like, I usually just review the top of the line, so I'm at Pixel 7 Pro or S23 yeah. Ultra, and I'm used to what they have. So it's, I'll be excited to try out a portrait lens. And, you know, I mean, here's the thing, right? Let's let's come back down from cloud nine for a second. The reality <laughs> is that one of Moto's weaknesses is the cameras in general, the imaging yes. stuff, not the hardware. Like like I look at the Think Phone that I'm using right now, and the camera hardware hits all the spots. Like it, you look on paper and you're like, yeah, OIS is there, fast lens, everything's right. But then you take photos with it, and it's kind of like, ooh. And it's totally. because their imaging pipeline kind of sucks. Now I saw a few photo samples that. I, I didn't spend too much time with the camera in Chicago, but some of our colleagues did. And I don't know if we can talk about this stuff, but the reality is there's hope, is what I'm going to just say, that, yeah. you know, that Moto has improved things there. But that's the only weakness I can think of with this phone that might come and bite us in, you know, in the future when you finally get to review this, is that we're going to be disappointed with the camera, even though it's better than anything Moto's ever done before. You know what I'm saying? I, so as a black person, I find that a lot of, especially selfie cameras, are kind of off when it, terms, when it comes to color. Like my color is usually 
like not correct um especially if uh it's like google and apple are pretty good at it um especially if the company's from outside of north america um i took a selfie there and it didn't look bad though it has a 60 megapixel on the front and i i the colors were right surprisingly i was like oh this is so i've reviewed motorola phones in the past like a few years ago and i remember being like oh i'm not i'm not very happy with the camera uh this time those selfies was okay yeah i i you know, you probably really love the pixel tuning, right? Yeah. Real it's tone? really good. But real tone overtones it sometimes. So Does it? it yeah. Okay. It's not always perfect. So look, folks, the reality is we're getting a proper flagship, metal and glass, yeah. wireless charging, OIS, all the trimmings, fast charging, Snapdragon 8 Gen 2, UFS 4.0, DDR5X RAM, like the whole nine yards. Nothing on the thing makes alarms me, except, as I said, maybe that portrait because it doesn't have OIS and it's only 12 megapixels. Yeah. But that doesn't mean anything because I've seen cameras perform really fine doing that. I mean, look at the Pixel 6a, 12 megapixel sensor, just fine, right? So... I'm excited because of that and the pricing and the fact that it's Moto software. I love it. It's so lightweight. I kind of think I love it better than Pixels, honestly. Really? Oh. Well, okay. <laughs> A few caveats. The caveats is I'm not talking about things like all the calling features. Like that is, okay. you know, that is amazing. I would never give that up. That's kind of the reason I can't leave the Pixel. You know how iPhone users can't leave the iPhone because of iMessage? I can't yeah. leave the Pixel because of all the calling features. I'm talking about the fact that I feel that Pixel is held back by Tensor, right? Not just yeah, in terms okay. of like battery life and overall performance, but the fluidity of the user experience in Pixel leaves a lot to be desired when you jump to say, uh, an S23 Ultra or like even the Red Magic 8 Pro, which is a gaming phone. That thing is so fluid on the UI, even though the software mm -hmm. is terrible. Like you don't have that fluidity. And I think that Moto's software is even on a, like a crappy mid-range phone is still really fluid, number one. And I, you know, OnePlus is a, is a poster child for that. Like Oxygen yeah, OS is so fluid on their phones. So that's the thing that I'm talking about. But I'm also talking about the bloat. And feature bloat. There's so much now in the Pixel main user experience. And I feel that, you know, I'm more of an AOS, you know, like kind of plain Android person. That's yeah, kind of why yeah, I like yeah. Moto. It's just the pure thing. You're not getting, okay, I okay. mean, you're getting the chop chop for the flashlight, you know, you're getting yeah, the, yeah. the like- The little fun things. You can turn those off if you don't like them. But the bottom line is they, they're adding a few things, but it's not. And, you know, there used to be a time when Pixel and Nexus before that was also very lightweight. And I feel like as much as I love my Pixel, it's a little sluggish in experience. And I feel sometimes a little bloated. There's so much stuff there that I don't really need. Like, I want, like, you know, and that's kind of yeah. my take. But I'm yeah. being nitpicky as, as F here, okay? Like, No, but I agree. Like, it's. I feel like... Pixel and One UI, like I, I'm, there is obviously a difference, and I can see the difference. But the the user experience kind of does feel more bloated. And I'm someone who used to have a Nexus phone as well back in the day, and the Pixel Two. Um, so you're right; it is starting to become more and more of like Pixel UI versus stock Android. Yeah, absolutely. And and honestly, I feel like. I'm just being super picky here. I just trust me. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, anyway, all I'm saying is that I'm happy because it's Moto software and because they're finally delivering all the specs and the price is right. And then the camera is still a big question mark because I'm a huge camera person. And of course, the Pixel delivers, right? Like, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's sure. another reason why I'm not switching from Pixel. It's like, it's the camera experience and the call features and all the AI features. Do, do you think that the fact that it has eight gigabytes of RAM and also a QHD display matters to people? Like, do you think that people will even notice the, the comparison to like a Pixel 7 Pro that has, uh, I think it's WQHD and then also has 12 gigabytes of RAM? I don't really think so. I mean, eight gigs is the minimum, I think, for a flagship. Totally. So I'm okay with that. Okay. I never, even on my phones that support quad HD, I set them to full HD. My eyes are not super really? great. Really? Okay, okay. Like some people can see it and I believe them and I don't, you know, like this is a really, I think, a personal thing. I would rather save a bit of battery power. I would rather That's have a, like a high refresh rate 
And I think honestly, to be between us, I think 165 is overkill. Like I think anything over <laughs> 120 is just fine. This is I just. I feel like I noticed the difference, though. I feel like you? I noticed. Okay. I, I, I think what you weird. notice is the fluidity of the experience. That, I think and that can be it very would be true just as, well. as quick on 120. I think is what it is. Okay. But I could be wrong. And and you know, admittedly, my eyes are not that great, so maybe the fluidity is also a thing I don't notice. But look. I mean, that's bonus points to 165. It doesn't yeah, really have to have it. Right? It's totally, 120 would have been good enough. <laughs> so yeah, overall, this Moto Edge thing, Edge Plus, sorry, 2023, super dope. Finally, and I feel like between that and all the Razor leaks, you know, I feel Moto's kind of gotten their, uh, their mojo back. Speaking of yeah. Razor leaks, there is a Razor leak. So let's just dive into that. I mean, I don't think it's anything new here. Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1, supposedly. Okay. Which That's is kind of strange. Fine. Like, why uh, would you go a step back? I mean, it's the same as the Z Flip 4. And so, I like, and I like the Z so Flip 4. But. Have you noticed that there's a lot of phones, especially in China, coming out with 8 Plus Gen 1, including like the, the Thing phone, for example, from Moto. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a cost-saving thing. It's like, it's probably yeah, okay. so, they're trying to hit a spot to be competitive with Samsung here. And honestly, 99% of the world is not gonna notice the difference between an 8 Gen 2 and an 8 Plus Gen 1 right now. I may not even notice, to be fair, yeah. Because <laughs> unless you're playing some super hardcore games, which we're not gonna do on a Razer, okay? Let's be real. <laughs> the thermal throttling on that thing is probably gonna be terrible. It's really bad on the flip, so. I assume that nobody's cracked that. I've tried it on the Oppo as well. It throttles like a lot after about totally. 20, uh, five minutes even. So I think in that sense, it doesn't matter. And and, and oh. it also it costs less money. It's also a super efficient chip. It actually might be more efficient than the HN2 because HN2 has more power, right? Yeah. Like more power overall. But in this, you're, re you're really limited on battery size. You're limited on thickness. You're limited on price. I, totally makes sense to me that they but would go that's with that. fair that's that's fair but when i think about it so th this in august we're gonna, probably going to see a z flip 5 and yes it might run uh eight i don't i'm i am making up a chip right now i don't think this exists yet and i correct me if i'm wrong but it might run eight plus gen 2 right yeah people might want to go if the Z, uh, Z Flip 5 if I mean this is these are all based on leaks I mean who knows what Motorola really has for the Razer um, but if going off these leaks if people might want to go to the Flip 5 if they see like a higher uh, processor or higher chip but here's the reality we don't know what the Razer's bringing to the table other than that totally full on front display that looks incredibly cool on those Ren leaks here so Maybe that will be the reason for people to switch that. And maybe the price will be more aggressive and maybe they don't want to wait till August. You know, That's I think fair. there's an entire I category of people who want a folding flip like phone who've been observing, but they don't want a Samsung, you know? And maybe that's who they're going to target with this. Because, look, you and I are going to compare the specs, but the average person's not going to care what Snapdragon is yeah. in there, right? Yeah. And you saw how popular the Z Flip has been with the average person. Overall, most of the people who are blown away by it are people that are like just not, not tech people. Like, I know so many people who bought a Flip just because it's cool. Yeah, I've been flipping through, uh, I guess, Tinder lately, and you see people with those selfies of with their flip, and you're like, man, you got a flip as well. Eh? It's, it's, it's becoming popular. It's like, like a few years ago, people wouldn't buy like a Pixel phone, and now they're becoming more and more popular. And now people are really getting into like, I mean, average consumers are really getting into these foldable, these flip ones. At least people are not geared towards the fold four yet because you know it's it's crazy expensive. But at least the uh, like flip ones, like the Z Flip Four, are really really getting there. So I I do have hope for a Razer one, um, and also it will probably be cheaper. Well, remember, like, there's leaks of two different versions, right? So I'm wondering, like, if they can hit 7.99 US on one of them, totally. Like, yeah, I think. I mean, that, there you go. There's your answer versus the Z Flip Five. Yeah, that's totally fair. I think that, especially seeing that Motorola pushed out such a good uh, Edge Plus 2023 with that 7.99 price, I think that is very possible. We'll see a foldable. In that price range as well, and that's crazy. That it will be. Wouldn't really it be good. crazy if Moto like totally pulls the rug from under Samsung's feet and makes the fo the first 
flip folding phone that's affordable. I think that's what people want, though. People like really want a like people just want foldables to be like their normal phone costs. No one wants to spend all this money on these phones, and uh, especially when they know that it might break because it has mechanical moving parts, and people are always very skeptical of that. But if you see a Motorola Razor foldable that is the same cost as just an any old or even more affordable than an uh, like S twenty three, even not even like. The, another Motorola phone, but just an S23 Plus, you're going to get the foldable, I think. Especially the like people who are like in their high, like high school kids. I can totally see a high school kid being like rocking this. So, you know, my spouse is uh, an iPhone user. And they, when we moved to Canada recently, well, almost a year ago now, you know, we're, we're still going back and forth between the two mm-hmm. countries. So we have two SIMs, two phones each. Uh, it's just easier than dual simming a phone, you know. Yeah. And uh, Theo said, "I want a Z Flip for my uh, for my second phone." And they are like, they're kind of hating Android, but they're loving this is the Flip experience, having yeah. a bigger screen to play their games. Um, but it's really interesting. Like they're basically saying, like, I will not give up my Flip, but I will give up Android in a heartbeat. I want an iPhone like that. Yeah, I mean. I don't think I, Apple will ever do it, though. <laughs> I think Apple will have to do it. They will have to do it. Like I don't maybe, think maybe the not twenty twenty five or six. I don't think the fold is a viable form factor for for most people. Like, look yes. for us, absolutely. It has. It's a niche that's going to continue being a niche that's going to continue growing, going down in price, and increasing in in choices for those of us who are power users. In the same way as there's always been people buying the Note, but yeah, those 100%. Note users. I've, I don't think most of those Note users have been average Joe users. Like no. they're being heavy users. Well, not tech savviness,ly but heavy users. Yeah, my, mom, my, so, mom, my mom is a Note person. But, so yeah. I think it's still a niche product in that sense, right? It's yeah. a successful niche, but it's a niche. And as such, I think the folds are going to be like, I think the flips in the next five years are going to become totally common. Like take over, eh? I don't okay. know about takeover, okay. but I think that <laughs> I'm going to make a bold prediction by 2026, half the flagships will be flip phones sold. Really? Okay. I, I Personally, I think if a phone doesn't fold, it doesn't matter. Of course, I think that that's not completely true. Uh, the Moto Edge Plus is cool and all, all these other premium phones are very cool. But I'm someone who loves folding phones. I think they are the way of the future. Um, even like the Razer was cool, but specifically folding phones. Yeah. So let's talk about that actually, because I played with it at MWC. So that's why I didn't bother playing with it again at the Moto event this last week, because I was like, I want to, others like you have the opportunity. Thank you. you (laughs) Well, come on. It's the least like, you know, you know, that's the thing about being a journalist. It's like, first of all. I can spend more time on the Edge Plus. I still haven't covered that, but I already covered the riser quite a bit. Mm-hmm. That thing blows my mind. I want it so bad. It's like, at first, when I got into that room and I was like, man, I don't know about this phone. And I asked whether or not like this is more for specifically use, like feminine users just because of only because of like those past phones. You remember those square shaped phones a billion years ago that were always like, oh, this is the perfect phone for one, whatever, right? So you're, I'm like, okay, like I asked that question, but the more and more I was playing with it, the more I'm like, no, I want this. <laughs> like I think anyone would want it. It fits perfect in your hand, and when you want to watch something bigger, it slides out, which is such a cool idea. I, I was actually, I like, I went home, like I went back to the hotel room afterwards, and I was just thinking, and I was like, no, I like that phone. It's a great phone. Yeah. I was very impressed. Like, I love the idea of a phone that's a little, like, see, this is what I like. Like, having played with some of the old Razors, uh, not the old, old, but the flip, the, yeah. like, the, the last year's, the 2022, which is a little bit big, like, you can run full screen apps on the front cover display. Oh, re- and it's a little cramped. So I'm really totally. excited to see what Moto's going to do with the new Razor because there's more real estate. Because I was using it closed a lot. And so, then if I need more real estate, I flip it open, right? Kind of yeah, like 100%. what people do with their folds, right? Yeah, But totally. scaled down. And I think that's where the riser kind of comes into play. You can have a more compact phone you can still use, and then you want a little more real estate, you push the button, it expands. 
It's the same kind of concept, right? Ultimately, phones have become really big. Like if you look at like even that Edge Plus 2023 oh that we both love, you put that next to like a, an original iPhone or yeah. even an iPhone 5S or something. They're, they're and it's like just four like four-inch, five-inch screens. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't like that. They like the real estate. They like the battery life, which is why they're not complaining. A lot of them are not yeah. complaining. There's a vocal minority that is complaining, and that's fair. But the reality is, you know, this is kind of the best of both worlds. You're getting a bigger screen. Yeah, you're comprising on battery a little bit. But I think that technology is going to improve to the point where, I mean, look at it this way. Today, most flagships have two-day battery life, no problem. Like, mm -hmm. one day is if you're pushing it and you're at CS all day, right? I mean, like, I not think, a pixel. <laughs> oh, no, pixel. You're, you're picking the worst example. Okay, yeah, okay, that's fair. The, the that's tensor fair, is right. the, like, but if you look at an iPhone 14 Pro or you look oh, at, like, a Galaxy or, yeah. you you know, you're getting, like, any Chinese phone today is two days, no problem with a 5,000 mm. milliamp hour battery and a Snapdragon 8 something, right? Um, my point is that didn't used to be the case. You rewind like pre-COVID, you know, you were lucky to get a day, a day and a half out of your flagship. It totally. was much more of a struggle. So I think the same is going to happen with flip phones and folding phones. We're going to get battery life on par with the bigger normal bar phones. And then at that point, you know, you you get the benefit of something that's compact in your pocket and you can make bigger when you need the real estate, whether it's, you know, book fold or yeah, flip or, 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 or a riser, roll, right? Yeah. Or roll, <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why I'm so excited about this riser because I feel like, yeah. and it's not just Moto, right? LG made one and like just d didn't ship it, which is crazy nope. to me. They should crazy. have totally done it, that. Apparently they had a lot of units too and people just <sighs> had to buy them off, which is insane. They like should have staff. done that as a swan song, you know? Yeah, I would, have, would have loved that. I mean, the wing was kind of a cool idea. I love the get wing. That. I kept my wing. I kept it. You kept it? Uh, oh, I wanted yeah. To, oh, I wanted to play with that so much. Well, next time you're going to be at I.O., you want me to bring it? Please. Oh, my gosh. Please do. <laughs> All right. Just remind me, okay? It's okay, in the drawer. I message. can get it out for you. It's okay. so good. I'll, I'll run the software update on it. Apparently, Verizon yeah. sent a software update. Oh, cool. Um, like the last one? Yeah. Ah, uh, maybe the last one. Uh, LG promised us they would software update these phones for a few years. Like oh, the, did they? Okay. The LG Velvet and the LG Wing. Uh, and yes, so yes. apparently last fall, there was an update for the Wing. I never installed it because I haven't pulled it out of a drawer in years. <laughs> totally. Hopefully the battery is still good, but um, I'll bring it. I'll bring it. Thank you. I'd love that. But yeah, I love these cool phone ideas. I think that... Uh, I think that a few years ago, we were getting these cool gimmicks. And of course, they weren't for everyone and they didn't work. Like LG, for instance, they had that, the air, whatever you call it. I don't remember what they call oh, it. Oh, the gestures. Yeah, yeah the gesture. Oh, Pixel even God. had gestures too. Or Pixel, the two had the squeeze, the squeeze yeah. to do an app or whatever. And I love these the cool features. The three had the squeeze. The four had the, the radar, whatever yeah, the it's four called. Had the radar, solely. Solely, yeah, yeah. And I love these cool features. And I wish that more and htc did so many of these features and i wish that more companies did them because right now what we're getting is uh the kind of the same phone over and over again from different companies like i feel like for my s22 ultra review i could or s23 ultra review i could have just copy and pasted my s22 ultra review and just changed a bit of the camera section for the 200 megapixel um, but to see like these flipping phones, folding phone, razor, like the Rizzer, I, I love that. I love that there's new innovations. And of course, they're not for everyone. And I mean, people might just call them gimmicks, but it, it's something new and it's something that can potentially change the way how we use phones in the future. You realize that the people who call the riser a gimmick are also the same people who are complaining that phones are boring these days. Totally. Yeah, totally. 100% <laughs> like, they are. It's like, come on. Let's yeah, get real. I, just so yeah, funny. I, I'm just, I just loved it. I think it was, again, I don't think I would personally buy one um, just because I like bigger phones. But the fact that it is there, and maybe, maybe I would buy one. I don't know. Maybe I would get one for the weekend. I would so. look. Uh, okay, so I don't buy phones anymore. Everybody knows yeah, this on no the podcast yeah, because I we get either. the phones for free. Uh, so I'm very privileged, right? But at the same yes. time, if I had to buy phones, like I'd always tell you when I review a phone, I would buy this. I think I would probably not buy the riser simply because it's a first gen product. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, I would recommend you don't buy a first-gen product that's this radical. Like, but if you have money to blow, like, do it. Because somebody needs totally. to buy this phone so they can make a second version, right? So yeah. it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. But 
I'm very excited about that form factor. I don't know about specifically that phone, but mm -hmm. I like the idea of a phone that rolls into a bigger shape. Uh, whether it's like this, you know, a book yeah, size, or if it's or... like, like really? the riser is. Yeah, I think it's super cool. So speaking of folding phones, Google just this morning dropped a video on the Made by Google Twitter showing the Pixel Fold in all its glory. So it's now real and it's the first time they've been official about it in any way, shape or form. What's your take? Google just loves doing that to everyone. Google just every year. Troublemakers. They are troublemakers. Like last year when they reviewed, they showed off the Pixel 7 Pro at Google I.O., and they're probably going to do that again this year. We should get ready for a Google 8 Pro announcement next week. Yep. Um, and they just, Larry, they are troublemakers. But away from that, it looks so sexy. <laughs> and I hope I can say that. But it looks so nice. Yeah, I agree. Like, uh, So my my positives is, my God, Google's making a folding phone. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 100%. totally. I also love the form factor because I have the Oppo Find and so... I like a slightly smaller. Please bring that next week as well. I can show you last year's. Yeah, I love that. I just they think they're cool. They didn't want that back. <laughs> but basically, like, I like that slightly smaller than the Samsung Fold form factor. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. The negatives immediately are, and one is very obvious, and the other one is I'll have to determine after using it, is the very obvious one is Tensure G2. Wah, wah, wah. Sorry, I'm not a big fan of the Tensor chip. I've said it many times before. I think that I, I'm going to repeat this because I think it's really important. And I really hope somebody at Google can listen. We need Google to make a NPU processor that's a separate thing from the main processor, kind of like Oppo does with the Mary Silicon X. We need okay. them to make an optimized Tensor chip that's for AI and for image processing that is working together with the Snapdragon with the 8 Gen 2. Okay. That's what we need them to do. Yeah, I can see that. I don't think they'll that do it, but I can see it. They, don't, they won't do it because <laughs> they're in bed with Samsung and totally. Samsung's trying to get rid of the last few Exynoses they have floating around, I guess, yeah, and repackage completely. them. But look, that's the other thing is those bezels, top and bottom, left and right, are a little big on the insides, big screen. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see how that pans out in use. It might actually be beneficial to hold it to be with yeah, like less exactly. fingerprints and stuff. So I don't know in, in practice, it'll, it might, I might like it. But that's the only reservations I have so far. Yeah, I, I thought it looked really nice. I like that the bigger aspect ratio at the front as well compared to the the flip that's too, it's like, I'm not the flip, sorry, the fold that's too thin. Um, it and it just it looked nice. I don't know. I'm I, I'm excited to to play with it next week. I'm. I mean, how can you not be excited? Let's yeah, be real here. I'm looking forward to. It. I'm such a fold <laughs> guy. As I just said, like uh, two minutes ago, I love when folds fold and do cool stuff and have. I know Pixel UI isn't perfect, but it is. I think better than One UI, for instance. Um, I'm excited to see a Pixel on a like. Google on a, a foldable, finally. Yeah. Oh, I'm so on board with you because personally, I'm not a big fan of, you know, the One UI, as you know. So mm -hmm. having an actual phone that's folding that doesn't have One UI and might have some optimization for the screen size because it totally. was made by Google. By Google, yeah. That's super exciting. Also worth mentioning, uh, but not really worth diving into because there's nothing new here but there's more pixel 7a leaks surprise um, oh, are there? but yeah. really yeah but whatever <laughs> at this point we all know what that's gonna be like there's yeah. like no surprises anymore yeah what i'm more excited about though is that the nothing phone 2 is launching yeah this, this summer. summer so i love that they tweeted about this so august late probably well yeah it could be anywhere between june 21st and September, yeah, 21st, September 21st, I guess. Yeah. It's a little, it's to me, it's kind of like that announcement of MWC. I was there when Carl Pei went on stage at the Qualcomm booth and said, hey, we're making a phone with a flagship 8 series, you know? And it's like, 
come on, this summer, this is so nothing teasing <laughs> us in the traditional yeah, totally. nothing way. But they, they love that. I mean, that's what, what OnePlus was, uh, I don't know, yeah. several, several years ago. And of course, Carl took it to his, his new company. And it's, I mean, it's still fun, though. It's fun. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to see that. And it, the little tease gave you that, that white and that blinking red light. Uh, and I don't know. I I'm not a. I didn't touch the nothing phone. Uh, Brad of uh, Oh, Shape, it's he reviewed it. so nice. Uh, so oh I, I got played with it a little bit. I didn't get to do the full review, but to, it's gonna have like it's supposed to have HN one. It's supposed to be better and premium and all this stuff. And I'm, it's the correct me if I'm wrong, but the first one didn't come to the US. Yes, correct. It wasn't officially available in the US. You could so, gray market it. So, want. I mean, this one is supposed to come to the U.S., and that means it might also come to Canada, which Yay, is also Canada. really ex- it's also really exciting. So, I'm, uh, I like, I, I love phone leaks. I love phone leaks that are, like, not, like, the conventional, or, like, phone teasers. Like, if I didn't work in this business, I probably would have loved the Google Fold tease with Google, uh, with the Google get did today. But now I'm like, oh, just another article I have to go write. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I like little phone teases like that. So I'm looking forward to it. Nothing there. These guys are like, they're just trying to do something fun and new and not yep. like everyone else. And I'm, it's this summer. That's not a long way. The, there's only a few. Like, I mean, we're not in the summer yet, but there's only like like, I don't know, like within five, it has to be within five months of t- like today. So that's yeah. pretty exciting. So, yeah. And, you know, I, I, having used the original, I don't have it anymore, sadly, but um, I really like that phone. I mean, g- gimmicks aside, taking away even the, you know, the glyph stuff, like it was really a good, solid mid ranger. It does mm-hmm. you know, everything right. Wireless charging, good cameras, everything was really good. So, I'm very excited to see what they do when they go higher up in yeah, price and in too. features on this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's um, see what they put in. They're probably going to just put everything in. You're going to probably see like 240 hertz refresh rate and all this <laughs> random stuff. <laughs> That's overkill. Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> but you know, just reminding me, you're talking about the Pixel Fold again, that it is the 4th of May, which means it is... May the fold be with you. There you go. I didn't want to steal it from you because it's your, you said it. Yeah, but yes. it's funny. That's, that's what they tweeted. They were like, may the fold be with you. And we're like, this is cute, but okay. <laughs> uh, I have to say that that was, as a big fan of dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, it was very much very, a dad very, joke. Yeah. Very good. Very good. And I love Star Wars too. So I mean, like, ah, it was a good mix. Of course. Me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there's a couple of more things before we wrap up. The first one, I know this is going to be, why did I have this in there? Let me explain. Apple supposes a rumor that shows that mm-hmm. Apple is going to be coming out with USB type C ear pods. Now, the ear pods, as you know, are the wired earbuds that yeah. Apple's been making since the original iPod. And they've only gotten renamed EarPod after they came out with the wireless AirPods. And they was originally 3.5 millimeter, four prong at the end, right? And then they yep. went to a lightning one. And now, obviously, with an upcoming iPhone with USB Type-C and an existing iPads with USB Type-C that doesn't have a headphone jack, it makes sense that they would make a USB-C version of the EarPods. So that's the rumor. No big deal. The reason I'm excited about it, believe it or not, as I mentioned in my little email I sent you about preparing for the show, yep. if you are stuck ever to need to make a really good voice audio recording on a device, any device, and you don't have a microphone or something, Apple's earpods are incredibly good. The oh, microphone the microphone on them is leaps better than the airpods leaps really? better than okay. any other wired so not only do you have zero latency but the quality of the audio coming out of that microphone is unbelievable which is why i recommend you you know find one of those even if it's a 3.5 millimeter one plug them into your laptop because it can support the microphone and sure. boom and the trick is you know like if you use the cord like i don't know if you can see it with the blurring here guys the people watching but you know, here's the cord of my, you just kind of like do this, have the microphone part on there, put some like gaff tape under your shirt, mm. 
mm. and that way it doesn't doesn't rub against anything and it's to the side so it doesn't get your air and you'll see the recordings it's like having a lav mic it's that good it's so interesting i actually clear. Didn't know that. so that's why i got excited about this piece of rumor i know i'm such a nerd I have a quick question about that, though. I didn't think that was coming to Canada. I thought that the USB-C thing was going to be like a European version. Or no, no. I mean, they, not, they're not like going to make two versions of the iPhone. I That's ridiculous. Know. Okay. All right. I, I, I'm such a doubter of Apple. I mean, I, I'm, I use mostly Apple products, to be fair. I'm not... I, I don't want to lie about that, but I, uh, but um, I, st- I don't know. I, I can still see them doing like lightning can- in North America and uh, USB C no. can- and Europe. No, it's okay. not happening. Okay, it's over. It's done. Because that would be great for like I mean Android users, right? AirPods don't really work well on your and- on Android devices, so having an EarPod like uh, headphones that work great with USB C, I mean, I think that would be great for me it's really just about you know recording voice like i wouldn't use these to listen to music they're not as good as the airpods Um, the air the airpods sound much better for for music listening and have noise canceling and all that i'm talking Mm -hmm. about the airpods pro of course but these just for recording voice so i'm excited i know i get excited with the weirdest rumors um (laughs) last little bit of news i have is mediatek is making a new chip that's an old chip (laughs) they announced very strange yeah they announced the dimensity seven 050 7050 and it's like a yeah it's a dimensity 1080 rebadged i, I have no idea what's going yeah, on here very i, I almost want to email them. them and ask yeah what's <laughs> going like, on what? what are you doing yeah i saw so that anyway, leak and i was like what what <laughs> as you know mediatek has been the sponsor of this podcast on and off for years okay. and uh so I, I i owe them to at least mention that they have a quote-unquote new chip out uh not really new but whatever it's okay and that's basically the news for this week <laughs> I mean, really, yeah very a you know, lot of news there mostly moto it's been a moto Mo- week Mo- which is, is i don't think great. i've had a moto week in forever you know i haven't written a moto hands-on in a very long time just because they they'll tell us stuff and they'll be like, oh, but it's not coming to Canada or it's not, it's not going to be North America or like all these exciting phones and just not coming here, right? So it's exciting that they are finally, they've I've finally done that. They're finally bringing us an exciting phone. Exactly. Well, listen, since we have to wrap up, do you want to tell folks where they can find you on the internet, your social media handles, and of course, tell them all about your writings over at Mobile Syrup? Totally. Uh, so you can find me at My Daily Dose on Instagram. I'm the Daily Dean on Twitter, and Daily spelled D-A-L-E-Y. It's just my last name. It's just a little cute, fun thing. And on Mobile Syrup, you can find me there. I'm all over the site. Uh, just type Dean Daily in the search bar as well, and you'll just get all my content as well. But there's also some good stuff. Yeah, so folks, you know, you should uh, check out Dean's hard work everywhere. And uh, you. if you want to speak with me and Dean about this podcast, you know, Twitter is probably the best way to go for better or worse. You know my handle on Twitter and Instagram. It is at Tankerl. That's T-N-K-G-R-L. Like the comic book character, just drop the vowels. So yeah, Twitter is a good place to chat with us. And Instagram is where you'll find pretty pictures of phones, pretty pictures of cars, pretty pictures of travel, food, all the things I do, all taken with phones. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, it's at mobiletechpodcast.com. We're on all the big platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Spotify, everywhere good podcasts can be found. So consider subscribing. And if your app lets you rate or review the show, please consider doing that as well. There's a couple of YouTube channels that go alongside the podcast. If you want to see, for example, an unboxing of the OnePlus pad from last week, I've got that up right now. And uh, that's youtube.com slash mobiletechpodcast and YouTube dot com slash mobile tech more the first channel is more about the phones the wearables and you know personal audio and the second one is more about like travel tech car tech home automation all that stuff so you know how youtube works like subscribe tell your friends click the little notification bell and uh, remember to comment you comment about the podcast as well if you like no problem there at all and for those of you who want something special and something extra and want to help me out financially there's a patreon patreon.com slash tanker that's 
patreon.com slash tnkgrl. You can get a video version of this podcast, which comes out a couple of days ahead of time usually. So that means you can listen to the show and watch us interact a day before or two days before, before the public audio version. So that's a nice little bonus. That's one of the tiers. We have a Discord server you can join, and we also have other tiers. So go check it out, patreon.com slash tnkgrl. And finally, I want to thank our sponsor, Mint Mobile. You know I review a lot of phones, so I'm constantly juggling multiple devices. While that's fun, it also means I'm spending a lot of money for wireless service on multiple SIMs. Thankfully, there's Mint Mobile, and that's who I'm teaming up with for today's podcast. If you want to save money on your wireless service, switch to Mint Mobile. You've probably seen the Mint Mobile ads featuring Ryan Reynolds, but let me quickly tell you how fantastic their service is, especially for tech-savvy early adopters like us. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for as low as $15 a month, and you don't have to sacrifice any coverage, speed, or data. They're built on the nation's largest 5G network. They keep costs low because they sell direct to you online. They cut out the retail stores and salespeople. Why should you pay more than you have to for access to the same network? In my experience testing phones, Mint Mobile delivers the same data speeds and call quality as the big three for a fraction of the cost. Switching to Mint is super easy. Thanks to their eSIMs, you can sign up and activate immediately right on your phone from the comfort of your home. No more standing around waiting in line at a big wireless store. You can keep your current devices and phone number and easily switch services. And if your phone isn't eSIM compatible, Mint will ship you a new SIM card free of charge. The whole process only takes 15 minutes. And if you get stuck, Mint has a great customer service team to get you through it. All Mint Mobile plans include unlimited nationwide talk and text, plus lightning fast 5G and free mobile hotspot. Mint will show you how much data you use each month and recommend plans that save you money. Mint also offers a modern family plan that lets you set up a super affordable family plan with as little as two lines. Use my link mintmobile.com slash mobiletech to get premium wireless starting at $15 a month. Stop paying more than you need on your wireless bill and start saving big with Mint Mobile. And I want to thank you, Dean, for being my guest this week. Thank you so much for being on the show. No, thank you. This was a pleasure. And I had a lot of fun. Invite me whenever you want. I'll always be available (laughs) for you. That's awesome. I'll totally do that. Thanks so much, Dean. We'll have you on at some point in the future. And folks, you know we'll have another podcast next week. So stay tuned for that. Until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.